0: What's going on? Hey, it's video. I am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. That guy, eh. Brandon Lee Galton, com. This is BGN Radio episode number 381, uh, our post Super Bowl podcast. We're going to talk more about Hassan Reddick and the trade rumors associated with him. Get to some of the Super Bowl stuff between the Chiefs and the hated 49ers. And we'll talk about some of the uh, coaching hires that the Eagles have made over the last week or two. And also some of the coaches that, I don't want to say lost, but have found employment elsewhere uh, in the NFL who are with the Eagles in 2023. But before we get to all that, if you are a beer drinker and you're over 21 years old, go to wrongcrowdbeer.com in Westchester, PA. Uh, Wrong Crowd Brewing Company there. You can order from them online at wrongcrowdbeer.com. Uh, actually, uh, Dan, the owner, just dropped off a big bundle of beer to Brandon. Uh, what, this past weekend, I think it was? Friday. Like, Shout right out today? to Dan. Friday? Okay. So I got to get over there and get my share before yeah, I drink it Brandon all. hogs it all. Uh, but yeah, there's there's going to be our Brandon's fridge. It's probably filled up with beer. Mine soon will be delicious wrong crowd beer what did, what did he drop off again what other well, varieties
1: let's uh let's just show the people here i have a wrong oh, crowd yum. beer <laughs> so this is new they have a seltzer too which jimmy this oh, all right i swear to you i am not being like hyperbolic because it's a sponsor which it is a sponsor so i have to be anyway even if i didn't but i do believe this mm-hmm. i opened a can of this when i got it on friday because i was very intrigued by the wrong crowd beer orange seltzer and even just, like, before even taking a taste, just getting, like, a little bit of a sniff, it smells like an orange. Like like an actual orange. Okay. not Like, I was expecting, just because every other kind of seltzer or whatever I've had in my life, you know, it kind of has, like, that artificial flavor taste. You know, like, uh-huh. it's not, it doesn't taste like the actual fruit. It tastes like that flavor of, you know, like a fruit candy or, you know, that artificially kind of flavor, which, you know, makes sense. It's not an actual thing. But this smells and actually tastes like an orange and it's funny because i brought uh, some cans over this over to my friend elizabeth's house when i was watching the super bowl with her and uh i had that opinion and i was i was excited to tell her about it but i didn't want to uh you know influence her genuine take on it so i was like here try it and let me think of, let me see let's hear what you think of it give me your honest feedback and she said the same thing I was like, okay, so it's not just me. It actually like really smells and tastes like a fresh orange and not that artificial flavor. So I highly recommend the wrong crowd beer, seltzer orange seltzer. If you can get your hands on it.
0: I'm going to save those for the summer. I think great summer time. drink. Yeah. All right. Hassan Reddick, uh, sources per Ian Rappaport. I'll just read this Eagles all pro edge rusher. Hassan Reddick has received permission to seek a trade Following another disruptive season featuring double-digit sacks, twenty-nine-year-old with twenty-seven sacks over the last two seasons in Philly, could land elsewhere. So I'd sort of covered this in um, a recent mailbag uh, because it was I was basically just kind of doing like a a sixty-thousand-foot view of the Eagles' salary cap and things that they're gonna have to do one way or the other. With certain, like they're gonna cut Kevin Byard, obviously, uh, and save like thirteen million on him. They're going to have to do something with Avante Maddox's contract because they're not going to keep him at that number, whether he's cut or takes a pay cut or whatever they do with that. And then they're certainly going to do something with Hassan Reddick's contract because he's got a cap number of 22 million in 2024 mm. and he's got uh, a salary of 14 million. I think I should have probably been prepared with that number before we started the podcast. <laughs> but uh, anyway, what, one way or the other, they're going to have to do something with it, whether they convert. Uh, that base salary into a signing bonus and then, you know, kind of kick the can down the road, stretch it out over the next few years, uh, whether they sign him to a contract extension and pull that base salary down to something really minimal. Um, that's another way that you can save money or if they trade him, So I didn't think the trading was totally off the table. And then sure enough, this trade talk begins now uh, before we started this podcast, like an hour before it, we're recording this at two. It's right now, 2 p.m. Uh, on what's today, Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, about an hour February ago, 13th. there was a report from Jordan Schultz, who, by the way, did you know his dad is the CEO of Starbucks? I did. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, he reported that he talked to Reddick. Redick is claiming that he never said, I want to be traded. He said he wants to sign a contract extension uh, with the Eagles and would... You know, he grew up here, he grew up in Camden. We know wants to stay in the area, he wants to play for the Eagles, an Eagles fan growing up, and doesn't want to be traded. So there's some probably gray area there. Like there's no doubt that Hassan Reddick has massively outproduced his contract that he signed with the Eagles two years ago. Um, as Rappaport noted, he's got uh what 27 sacks over the last two years, as you have noted, Brandon repeatedly like he i think he was in the top three sacks in the nfl since uh 2020 he's, he's now fourth i think i think he's for trey hendrickson yeah. passed him mm-hmm. so he's fourth now uh in sacks since the you know 2020 that's four seasons i mean he was the best defender in the He's the best like if you include the playoffs last year 2022 the best defender in the nfl like he like if the if you included the playoffs in NFL defensive player of the year voting, he probably wins because he like totally went off at the end of the season last year. And then obviously the big, um, you know, two games in the playoffs before the Super Bowl uh, that got the Eagles to to the Super Bowl. Um, so just, you know, an elite edge rusher numbers are down in 2023, only 11 sacks, only one forced fumble. So I think that he was a rare player that generated pressure. Down the stretch for the Eagles, even though he like his numbers weren't there at the end of the year, but he was consistently generating pressure. Whereas the rest of the pass rush kind of went invisible. And then also when they made the switch from you know, Sean DeSai to Matt Patricia, opposing offenses were just easily figuring out ways to shift pre-snap and get Reddick into a position where he's dropping into coverage instead of rushing the passer. So a lot of things right. were working against him. This year in terms of putting up the same kind of numbers this year that he, as, that, that he did last year, uh, but he's going to be 30, you know, head, he's going to turn 30 during the 2024 season. I think in September, his birthday is so, you know, you got to be careful about keeping guys longer than their lifespan, but he's certainly a player that's in his prime. And, um, you know, it's, he's, like I said, he's been one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, which is obviously a very, very valuable thing to have if you're trying to build an NFL roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what happened here is that Hassan Reddick and the Eagles were talking potential contract extension, considering he's going into the final year of his deal. And this is something that's been on everyone's radar, dating back to he didn't show up to OTAs last year, which is fine because they're voluntary. At the same time, he's from Camden. Like It's not like he's like in California where he lives. You know, he's like from the area. So you would think he'd be there if he really wanted to be. And it's fine. He didn't show up. He didn't miss any of the mandatory time. But in training camp, he was asked about, you know, like, how is he? How he feels Point blank.
0: His... Are you underpaid? Is, is what he was asked. He like, was like, you see it. Words, yeah. yeah, he
1: was asked and he was like,
0: well, you see it. By the way, I, I forgot to note, by the way, and sorry to, to cut you off, but he's the sixth. Right now, he's the 16th highest paid edge rusher yeah. in the NFL on average annual value basis. When he was asked that question, I believe he was 15th. So also, he's been, you know, he's
1: obviously way underpaid it's not even just the rankings, it's the gap too, like he's way under, you know, where the likes of uh, Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt, like those guys are making like over 10 more a year than yeah. him. Like that's a big gap. And then Trey Hendrickson, I think is like 10th around there. So Nick Bose is making like 33, I think, and he's making 15. Right. So I think, there's,
0: a, there's a guy making
1: more than double him. I think at the very least, Reddick would like to be top 10. I think that's like, you know, that's where negotiation, that's where the like things start. It's obviously, I think he wants to be higher than that. But I think at the very least, it's like that that has to be the starting point. Um, And he wants to go up from there. Uh. <clears throat> And so I think that he obviously should value himself a lot. And he I think he has leverage too. I mean, we got into this. You look at what the Eagles have behind him, mm-hmm. not really much if you don't have him here. And in a time too, where they're trying to win now, this isn't like a reset. You Nick Sirianni's on the hot seat. He has to win now. Yeah. Uh the Eagles clearly feel like it wasn't just talent that was the big issue. They felt like coaching is a big issue, hence the changes they made. So uh it just doesn't really make sense that you'd be trying to offload him which I don't think they are trying to do and I don't think Hassan Reddick wants out it's just going back to what I was originally saying a matter of they're probably talking contract extension at some level and there's a big gap between what the Eagles are willing to pay him and what Hassan Reddick thinks he deserves therefore mm-hmm. it then makes sense for the Eagles to say hey let's let you talk or at least your agent more likely not him directly but your agent Go talk to other teams, see what you can kind of maybe get what's out there, get a, get a feel mm-hmm. for what these offers are, and, you know, come back to us with them. Let us know, like, what other teams are willing to pay Hassan, and we can talk from there. Then we can kind of progress in these contract negotiations. That's kind of what they did with Darius Slay last year. Um, you know, they they gave him permission. They gave him an ability to kind of seek uh <clears throat> other opportunities it almost happened there's reporting he, I think he even said that it almost happened that um he would have gone to the ravens obviously didn't in the end the eagles ended up keeping him i think that's what might happen with hassan radic here i think he might talk to other teams and the number that they might be willing to pay could be higher than what the eagles are thinking so maybe they kind of compromise mm-hmm. there i just think that again <clears throat> you can't tra- i think here's maybe this is too, giving the eagles too much credit Uh, I think whatever happens is going to be the right move in terms of, I don't think the Eagles are going to trade him unless they get such a good offer that it's obvious you have to trade him, or I think the Eagles are going to sign him to an extension that is a reasonable deal and fair to both him and the team, so I think it's going to work out, and I ultimately, I guess I lean towards him staying, because again, I do think he wants to be here, and they don't have a great backup plan behind him because if you get rid of him you need to do something else you can't just be like oh we're just gonna ride with what we have like you have to then go to a new plan and if you're not willing to pay Hassan Reddick well now you're willing to pay someone else so uh I think they should be very hesitant to move on from Hassan Reddick quickly and I don't think that's what they're trying to do but uh I would lean towards them they should try to keep him here
0: I think another comp an even better one uh, than Slay is Zach Ertz. When they were, you know, potentially dealing him, they essentially let Ertz do the same thing. Ultimately what happened there when they're initially trying to trade him, not trying to trade him, but they let him go seek a trade. They didn't find good enough. Like nobody, nobody was willing to give up enough to trade for Zach Ertz. (laughs) And like Zach Ertz even acknowledged like, yeah, I understand. They have to get like their fair." Like a, a reasonable deal in return to to trade me. And he understood that. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my guess is that he also didn't find a lot of teams like willing to give him more money than he was making at the time. I'm guessing that's also what happened there. Um, and eventually a deal get, did get done with Ertz, but that was during the, you know, the 2021 season when they were already looking like they probably weren't going to make the playoffs that year. Obviously they did, right. but they were, they were know, their sellers. Season was Yeah. There was clearly sellers at that point. Um, but as you mentioned, too, like, I think edge rusher was a position that before the start of the 2023 season, it seemed like the Eagles were really deep and talented there. And then what we saw was regression from everyone. So Reddick went from 16 sacks and I think f- f- five or six force fumbles in 2022. 20, and then he had 11 and one, like I, like I mentioned earlier. Josh Sweat, down year, man, like 6.5 sacks. He was like, that's a guy who, like, in my opinion, was kind of turning into like a star player and then fizzled. Didn't have a sack. And like, wh- how many games was it at the end of the year? He had, straight? He or, had
1: one in the playoff game. So he ultimately finished with one sack and two TFLs in his last eight games.
0: Yeah, so right. he I think his last sack was the big one that he had at the end of the Cowboys game that the Eagles won that basically sealed that game. Mm-hmm. Brandon Graham, 11 sacks in 2022. Only had three in 2023, and you know he wants to come back, but that's not a guy that you're relying on at this point. That's a guy that like you, you only bring back because you like what he does in the locker room, and he like you know he's a guy that can come in and give you like some snaps here and there. Right. But you're not like
1: you be your fourth defensive and, end, maybe
0: and be a playmaker at this point. And then Nolan Smith, you know, obviously drafted in the first round, barely played 200 snaps as a rookie, and you know part of that is because. They didn't want to take Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat off the field. And and I get that, but I think one of the big mistakes that the Eagles made this year was not playing their rookies early, get like getting them involved in some way. And Nolan Smith, I think, is an example of that. But also when Nolan Smith played, he rarely made an impact. <laughs> like he, you know, you know, a good play here and there, but and you know, part of that probably is because he wasn't playing. Like you can't right. get better unless you're out there. So I think they made a mistake with him. You know, the jury's out on, you know, what kind of player he'll become. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to have seen more of him as a rookie. So we have a better idea, but it's an unknown. So if you do trade Hassan Redick then you're asking Nolan Smith to take on a way bigger role that he may or may not be ready for.
1: And I just don't think you can do that. I mean, you have to play him. He should be, have a bigger role, but you can't just be like, well, we don't need Hassan Redick because we have Nolan Smith. Like, obviously, you can't just say that. It's like there's a big gap, even if even if Nolan Smith does great this year even if he like outperforms expectations by a ton, there's still be, again, a big gap between that, who that is. And then who Hassan Redick is and what he gives to this team, the Redick thing. He was actually on pace to have a more productive year than last year for a bit there until the mm-hmm. defense started to collapse. And that's with him coming into the season with that thumb injury that he had to play a cast uh, on with the cast right. on for, for like what, three games or so there, three or four games. So yeah, once it came off, he started playing better so like I don't really buy that I, I think if the defense didn't fall apart as a whole I think he would have kind of kept on that pace and had potentially an even better or very similar year to last year so and also because he this kind of applies to Brandon Graham too he didn't play a lot of snaps earlier in his career because he you know wasn't like this player who was an every down player for the Cardinals because he didn't like have a role you think he was playing off ball linebacker he wasn't yeah. he wasn't who this on Reddit came to be so it wasn't like he, my point is, I think he has more tread on the tires than your average player of his age, and I think edge rushers like age. That's adorable too. He didn't miss any games with the Eagles. And yeah, and also I think edge rushers generally can play longer. I mean, look at look at Brandon Graham, just for example, as opposed to cornerbacks. Like that's a position where you see the drop off a little bit more steep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just don't really think they should be as hesitant to pay him. I don't think like. I just think they can get I think they could maybe get a four-year deal done with him and that's only like three years of commitment and you feel really good about this year and there's two years after that you figure it out um and maybe some of that is a cost of trying to win now and maybe taking a worse deal on the back end I just I, I to me Sun has to be on this team next year unless you're just getting blown away unless it's an offer that's just like oh yeah of course we had to take that offer because it was just a, a no-brainer and I feel like at that point you're you're talking about so let's talk into the value. Like, what what do you trade Hassan Redick for? What's he worth? I think it has to be at least a two. I think it has to be more than that. I would certainly think that. And this is rare, and I guess and hard to project, but a player for especially if you're trying to win now, a player has a lot of value. A, a player at a different position can help this team now. Although that kind of feels weird because what player is more valuable? Than the position that he plays so uh what do you think the eagles could get in return for Hassan Reddick? or what could you think what do you think they could get and what would you think is acceptable
0: yeah so let me take a step back real quick before i answer that but like you mentioned you know his value or whatever you think back to like what they had before him and one of the like one of my favorite sort of like things to compare during their 2022 season and even in 2020, I guess not in 2021, but during the 2022 season, it was like, okay, where was the bigger upgrade? I know what you're going to say <laughs> Jalen Rager to AJ Brown or from Jinnard Avery to Hassan Redick. And I think it's kind of close. Like I'd probably say Rager to AJ uh. Brown, but it's but it's like it's a debate at least. And when you think about like what their pass rush was before Hassan Reddick got there, it's a big difference and. You know it's valuable, like he's a very valuable player, and I think he actually the, the Eagles actually probably will get some kind of decent offer for him. You look at like the trade deadline, by the way, like during the season, the commanders traded Chase Young, but got very little for him. They got a, basically a third round comp pick for the 49ers. But I think the one the, the the other trade that is probably the better comp is and it's not perfect, like they're these players are a little different, but Montez Sweat. Who the Commanders traded to the Bears for uh, a two? It's going to be a high two. Mm-hmm. Bears won a bunch of games down the stretch, so that two wound up not being quite as great. But at the time, like that was a team that was like dead in the water, and still they traded for at the deadline for for like actually like they did a year ago with Chase right. playpool weird organization. But they traded for Montez Sweat, who was like uh, you know in the final year of his deal, and that was a two. And they also then paid him a uh, contract that was i think it's 24 and a half million per year mm-hmm. making making montez sweat i think like the the fifth or sixth uh highest paid edge rusher in the nfl now their age is a little different reddick's two years older than sweat which you know not a huge difference there uh sweat is a lot bigger like he's a different kind of body type different kind of player he's six six two like sixty Whereas, you know, Reddick is kind of a smaller guy that just wins with speed. Um, But the production is also a lot different. The production is also a lot different in that Redick has... So Sweat actually had a better 2023 just numbers-wise. But overall, like last four years, it is night and day. Like Hassan Reddick is a far, far more productive player than Montez. And by the way, like Montez Sweat had, I think, like seven sacks with the Bears after that trade. So at the time the trade was made... Like Reddick probably had better production than Sweat did at the time. Yeah. So but anyway, you know, clearly Redick has, you know, has, has been a bigger producer uh, in the NFL, at least over the last four or five years than Montez Sweat. So I think that's kind of the better comparison. If somebody offered like if I'm the Eagles and somebody offered me high two, low one, well, I'd do it.
1: Yeah, I think a one is, you know, then you're you're cooking for sure. And I don't know if a team would do that. I think a team late one you're, Obviously, you could look at a, a late one, a team. But then yeah, you're like, looking at a contender in that case, that's what I mean, though. But then, okay. Yeah. But then you're, you're giving the a contender like a really nice piece, which makes it harder yeah, for you I to mean, win well, a championship. A- if
0: it's an AFC team, who cares?
1: If it's an AFC team, <laughs> yeah. for sure, that does help. But like, yeah, I I don't. But I don't want to trade them to like in conference to a team that you're competing with the one seed for. Like, let let's
0: say the bills are they're done with Von Miller. Okay, right. and they they you mm-hmm. either one for Hassan Redick. I'm doing that in a half hour. Yeah,
1: I think you have to take that, especially too, if you're just so far apart on the contract number and what that's look like moving forward. um Yeah, and and it, he's getting a deal that you know looks like kind of wild, like if if you're training him, mean, he's also getting like a relatively not too crazy deal, and that's tough. But uh yeah, I think I don't think a one is in play though. I don't. Unless, I don't either. Unless yeah, it's to, like to be clear, I don't either. Conditional in some way. Um that could be possible. I think it's mm-hmm. it's at least a two. Because also just from and I know you know you're the comp pick master and it legals might not be even in play for comp picks down the road when this would be uh applicable after this season, when Hassan Reddick is done with his deal after the twenty twenty four season. But in theory, if Hassan Reddick goes to the market and gets a big deal like Javon Hargrave did, uh then he could potentially get you a third round comp pick or maybe right. a fourth depending again on what the contract is so i just don't like i don't think a three is enough and i just don't think that moves the needle i think it has to be a two and it has to, again like you said i think it has to be a good two it can't be like a late two it can't be yeah about, i think like, you,
0: if somebody offers you a three you laugh at them and you hang up yeah <laughs> you know, i like think it's this is not realistic but like uh yeah i think a high two i'd really have to strongly consider it uh low two probably
1: not doing it i think it has to be at that point it had to be plus you know you're looking at like low two plus something plus a four or mm-hmm. i don't know something else it has to be there has to be more into that or a player well you look at
0: like so the von miller trade by the way that when when the bills traded was it the bill for,
1: I've, he's been he's kind of bounced around a little bit but well, the, he, he got the traded Broncos, at one point for, the rams traded for him uh, in season oh okay yeah and then i think that was
0: for a two okay so when the rams traded him it was for a two and a three mm-hmm. and that was at a point where Right. He like the previous season, he had missed the entire previous season with, I don't remember if it was an ACL or Achilles, but it was some kind of, you know, bad injury. And then he wasn't super productive in the first half of that year. He still, they, they got a two and a three for Rod Miller at that point, but also Ron Miller's the deadline, bigger name.
1: where they're trying to like push their chips in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. Um, again, like there could be a team that's, bigger that's i mean you don't necessarily have to wait until the trade the trade deadline to push your chips in you can do it right you know you can start to do that in february and march or whatever um so it's possible that you know some team looks at this as an opportunity that they don't want to miss out on they they just love him as a player they make a, an offer that the eagles can't refuse so i wouldn't totally dismiss the idea of the eagles trading him but uh it is interesting that like <laughs> You know, now that Redick has come out and said, I didn't ask for a trade, mm-hmm. we now know where that came from. Like, we, we, know, we know where that report now came, came from the Eagles. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, it that seems they, like the Eagles want... allowed him to. They wanted it out there. They wanted teams to know that he was available. I think. So there, there's some motivation there to, to get something in return
1: for him. I think the Eagles are kind of, or Howie's kind of like playing mad in here. He's like, "This is a this is a valuable asset," and and to be fair to Howie, he has a pretty good read in that stuff usually. Smart. Sure. So he probably, I would think, has some kind of sense there could be this market out there for Hassan Reddick, where he's just, you know looking at the value ultimately. And I think it is possible again that it exists where you can the return you can get is actually worth more than Hassan Reddick is, but that has to be a high price. And again, it comes back to that's fine you can make like that move in a vacuum is good when you assess that on paper but then you have to add the context of what the Eagles have an edge rusher behind that and what your plan is there and if you don't have a plan there or things fall through then it is suddenly even though the, the value of the deal might be correct but the context of the situation might not be so I think it's kind of a an interesting spot for them I'm gonna it it guess... makes sense
0: to do it now, too, by the way. It makes sense to, for them to figure out if they're going to make a trade now because then they can formulate their offseason plan right. accordingly, like knowing exactly. that they have to find an edge, edge rusher help.
1: I'm going to guess that he stays. What do you think? Just, you know, let's go on the record. Why not? I'll go the opposite. I'll say he's okay. traded. Okay. What do you think he goes for? Just general. So
0: parameter. if it gets done. Okay. Well, why don't we set an over-under? Why don't we set it at 39.5? and this only works if like there's no players involved. So if it's just draft pick capital alone, hmm. if the value of the draft pick or picks, we'll use the, the trade value chart. Is it going to be better or worse than 39 point, the 39.5 overall pick? I think And we'll for, forget about, forget about the year. We'll, we'll forget like what, what year the picks are in. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I think that it would be a multi-pick thing, which would complicate it. I think it would be like, I don't think it's just one. Pick. Well, you can. Well,
0: we would add up the value of the picks and and use the
1: chart. Like okay, yeah, uh I'm gonna say it would be better than that because I think it has to be. Yeah, I think it's gonna be better than that too. Okay, uh, why don't we take a break, Jimmy? <laughs> we'll take a break. The it's interesting because for the video version with the NFC mixtape, like we say, we're gonna take a break. But then we actually don't. We just keep the video version as is. But the audio feed, you know, Rachel inserts the ads for the audio. So I'm guessing if we do the same thing, you're just going to be on YouTube here and seeing us, which by the way, we should mention, if you're not already watching this episode on YouTube, you can go to the Weeding Your Nation YouTube channel and subscribe. Appreciate that. So you can see our beautiful shining faces. So we're actually, if you're watching the video version, not going to go anywhere. But if you're listening to the audio version, you're going to hear from us after you hear a message from our sponsors jimmy yes back after this Back here on BGN Radio, which in addition to Wrong Crowd Beer Company, as you can see here on the can, based in, here's the address here in in Westchester, 3.2
0: Hannah Mav.
1: Boom. Uh, Been there. Yeah, that's right. Multiple times. And it's also brought to you by, as you can see on my hat here, which you can get yourself, I believe, at righteousfelon.com, righteousfelon craft jerky. Get yourself some. High, quality meat snacks delicious. My dad gets these a lot. He's a big fan. My mom orders them for him because she's loving and supportive and uh it's a great gift I think that he really enjoys he the spicy ones are a little much for him, but I love them, so it works out for me because he usually gives me those those are really good, but uh multiple other great flavors of the beef jerky sticks in addition. They obviously have other forms of traditional, you know, beef jerky in the bag, and they have the biltong. A lot of different flavors that you can try. I always say that if you happen to see Righteous felon craft Jerky in the wild, such as a a giant supermarket or soon coming to Wawa in April, try a pack. And then if you like it, buy in bulk so you can get more flavors and also you can get a discount when you buy in bulk. So do it by going to RighteousFallon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your offer. That is off your order that is once again righteous on.com discount code bgm15 okay jimmy yes the 49ers lost the super bowl <laughs> i'm so devastated did. i'm so sad oh no the 49ers <laughs> lost oh no uh, you gotta feel for those for that uh, such a good group of guys well that, wait uh... i just thought about this <laughs> um they won their super bowl they beat the Eagles in in December. That's true. They were That's they true. were very pumped about that in terms of like the reaction on their sideline. It was very mm-hmm. I've never seen a sideline so joyous. They, all, they
0: wore all black to that game. That's like right. all the players were wearing all black. And they, I mean, and give them credit. I mean, they beat the living crap out of the Eagles That's right. in that
1: game. That was their championship. I mean,
0: before before the game, they like walked right through the defensive back. That's like, right. Uh, uh, like their, their position their group individual drills. Like, yeah. And uh, I mean, that was a sign because the eagles did nothing yeah. did nothing about that and that's kind of how that day went from there from there on out the eagles got punked badly that day Yep. Yeah. and uh not just the eagles by the way there are plenty of other players around the league that were like taking joy mm. in the 49ers loss in the super bowl aaron donnell for example like uh, for showing sense. off his
1: ring division rival what's that I mean, yeah the yeah. division
0: rival yeah but still there were like i mean there are other people too i don't remember exactly who they were but um, people were taking a special joy hmm. in watching the 49ers lose i wonder why and for good reason they like they just they they ran their mouths the entire season they played this whole well first of all they complained about the NFC championship game for the first 6 7 months <laughs> you know thereafter which is ridiculous and then uh, and then they had this whole like us against the world Underdog kind of mentality. They're favored in literally every single one of their games this year. Favored in all. They lost six games, by the way, despite being favored in all of them. Mm. And you know they come into the Super Bowl having been outplayed. By the way, both in the divisional round uh, yeah. against the Packers, seven seed Packers, and then I mean they should have lost uh, that game, and then they should have lost uh, to the Lions in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. They're you know down what twenty four to seven, I think it was at, at halftime of that game, yep. and the Lions just just stop making plays in the second half of that game and also got like some weird, like super lucky plays with the ball bouncing off of. Uh, uh, interesting. Uh, Kindle Vildor's face uh, and into the hands of Brandon Ayuk for like a 50 something yard play. But like, you know, not, not you know, not this game's said and done 49ers lost. Of course, this is now three ten point leads that Kyle Shanahan has blown uh, in the Super Bowl too as a head coach of course four or five years ago whatever it was in uh, Super Bowl 54 I think it was um, when again he lost to the Chiefs and then uh, on Sunday obviously he did it again and then before that even more infamously the uh, the 28 to 3 game <laughs> between the Falcons uh, and the Patriots when he was the Falcons offensive coordinator and I mean he got the lion's share of the blame for that too in the aftermath it wasn't it wasn't like Dan Quinn who got the blame for that who was the head coach of the Falcons Kyle Shanahan and the calls that he played offensively in the second half of that game they they basically he got most of the blame for that loss and you know he also blew a 10-point loss by the way but 10-point he also blew a 10-point lead by the way in uh, the NFC Championship game in 2021 uh against the Rams the Rams came back and and beat them uh to go to the Super Bowl in which they eventually won so man like <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, in this game, he knew the overtime rules, but his players did not, which is freaking crazy to me as the, I think the article was by Lindsey Jones of uh, the ringer who said that, I don't remember if this was Kyle Juszczyk or uh, somebody else, but they said that when regulation ended, they put the overtime rules up on the jumbotron of Allegiant stadium and that was the first time 49ers mm-hmm. players had seen that they they didn't know that the rules were different in the playoffs than they were from the regular season while the chiefs were you know they've been schooled on overtime rule changes like since like training camp um not that they went over it th- the entirety of the season but they first you know learned about them from the coaching staff early in the season and, and certainly they had it drilled into them once the playoffs began and you know the, there's a debate I guess whether does it matter if the players know or not yeah of course they're of course it matters you don't want to be caught off guard in overtime with different rules but also like you look at like all the different kind of scenarios that could happen and one of them like sorta did like when the Chiefs were driving uh when they had the ball you know second in overtime and I think a lot of people at home we're watching the game and they saw like the clock ticking down. Like, the Chiefs had first and goal from whatever it was, five, six, seven, whatever it was, the, t- the clock's ticking down like under 10 seconds. I think they didn't get the playoff until like like right around five or six seconds left. And people are like, what are they going to They only get the one run, like one play? <laughs> and then this game is going to be over? But no, it wasn't like that. So like if the clock had run out, then it would have just been another quarter. They
1: would have flipped as the field, if, right? <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't know if they would have flipped the field or not they may I'm have guessing so, but probably but if uh, but it wouldn't have changed anything in terms of like you know like the chief's drive right. would have <laughs> continued unaffected. Mm-hmm. you wonder if like if the 49ers had the ball in that scenario and the clock was ticking they saw the <laughs> clock ticking down, would they have reacted differently on the like would they have like run up and like spiked the ball or something and like wasted it down Possibly. you wonder like what might That's have a fair happened point. because the, because the players didn't know what the overtime rules was. It's, like, it's just unfathomable that Kyle Shanahan would go out of his way to strat. And like his strategy was he wanted the ball, quote unquote, third if it came to that, which, all right, like I think there's an argument for that. Either way, personally, I'd, I'd do what the Chiefs wanted to do had they won the toss, which would have been to kick, you know, kick off. And then you get the ball second, and then you know you, basically the, the game is in your hands because uh, if they score a touchdown, then you score a touchdown, and you can go for two if you want, or if you they score three, you go back and you know you might you might tie with a field goal or, or you know go ahead with the touchdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's the what the way I would have gone. But I think there is I think there is I think there's, I think there's a, a reasonable debate on which you know which way to go. Right, but there is no debate d- between like. Like he Kyle Shanahan did strategy, like he put thought into how he wanted to, you know, handle the strategy of the different overtime rules, but didn't bother to tell his players like what it was. And also just what the rules were just mind blowing that he wouldn't think that the players should know that the rules are different in overtime. It's crazy to me.
1: does seem crazy. I don't think it changes much in this specific situation. That doesn't mean again, shouldn't they shouldn't have known. I agree with that. And especially, you know, the quarterback has to know because he's running the the, the you know the offense. But in any case, um, yeah, I to get into the more conversation and look, I'm not here to defend Kyle Shanahan. I don't want to do that because I enjoy bagging on him, just like everyone else. But I do think <laughs> to your point, it's not like I think some people are a little too hard on like it's a no-brainer that you uh definitely Defer an overtime, double or yeah, and playoff overtime to make sure you get that second possession in general. That's probably what I would lean towards personally, but mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that, well, the Chiefs had just given or just gone on a long scoring drive right in the end of regulation. So maybe Kyle Shanahan is worried about his defense, you know, being tired or whatever. So I think that's a factor in there, yeah, sure. And, um, and I, and I think, you know, wanting the ball once it becomes sudden death potentially, yeah, that makes sense in theory, but the way you approached it from that point is wrong because i think at that point you have to know you're playing patrick mahomes and he's nfl michael myers it's not like oh he stabbed him he's dead no it's just like he just keeps on coming <laughs> that is inevitable he's just gonna right. keep you have to do everything oh, you can i mean yeah he's not i mean dead. you made
0: this point plenty like if you made this point before the chiefs eagles super right. bowl or you have to be uber aggressive against everything. a guy like patrick mahomes I, you put him away don't give him a chance to to come back
1: and, and bite you the example i always use is why the bills uh, or why the overtime rules new overtime rules exist because what happened to the bills in the 13 seconds thing I don't think and sorry for saying this a billion times but I stand by it and I I just there's never been enough criticism for Sean McDermott not going for two in that situation because I know it's tough because if you miss it you're only up two and now they get a field goal to win but the difference there and you have Josh Allen by the way the difference there if you do get it and you get four that's huge because they can't they have to get a touchdown. Right. Are they really gonna get a touchdown in 13 seconds? Probably right. not. Could they get a field goal? It's it's unlikely, but it's possible. All it takes is one passing play down the field, and there could be pass interference or something. Like, yeah, that possibility isn't insane. Uh and I, I just think that the 49ers had to approach it like we need eight here. We need to get eight because um we're gonna make this that because if you do, if you do get eight there, you guarantee yourself you get a third possession. Uh, assuming that the Chiefs, you know, go for it and get it. And if not, then obviously you win the game if they don't get the two-point conversion. So, yeah, I think that's the mistake. It's fourth and four. And I was shocked, to Kyle Shannon's credit, he went for it earlier in the game on a fourth down. He did. I could yep. not believe that. I was like, oh, my. I thought the 49ers were going <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, Kyle Shannon's actually going for it. He yeah. wants to win the game. <laughs> right. And, right. Uh, yeah, sure enough, he didn't ultimately in that fourth and four situation. And I get it, too, like, okay, you missed that. Or... You don't convert the fourth and four. Uh, now the Chiefs just need a field goal to win. But like, man, I just, what are you going to regret more? I think, I just don't think you're going to regret not kicking a field goal. I think you're going to regret looking at it being like, we didn't do everything we possibly could to beat Patrick Mahomes. And I just think that's a failure. And that's tying it into the Eagles. That's how Nick Sirianni should feel. The fact that, you know, he punted when he did last year. It's just, it's not good enough. It's too pathetic. What was
0: that situation again? Was it fourth and two? Fourth, fourth and two and from like
1: the 30th two or thirty four, the Eagles thirty-four. Yeah. But you know, the context there was that the Eagles had just allowed two seventy five yard touchdown drives where they right. clearly just had no answer on uh, and they're right. putting the game in the hands of their injured punter who just came off IR and wasn't good <laughs> and was right. disastrous in the playoffs the year before. Yeah. And shouldn't have even been on the roster clearly. And uh Jonathan Gannon. Like that's who you trusted more than Jalen Hurts, who was looking like amazing. Right. In that was, game. Who was
0: who was who was who was the best player on the field that night. Right.
1: So like I just even when you look at it from that perspective like people get wrapped up in oh analytics it's not even just about the analytics it's about like watching the game seeing the flow of what's happening and like leaning into what does and does make sense so um yeah i mean shanahan clearly has it figured out when it comes to you know schematic advantage and whatnot and you know the 49ers win a lot of games but this game management stuff and it kind of i asked you this uh in a chat that we have like, like, who is good at managing the game? Because I don't think this was a good, for a large part, this is mm. not a good Andy Reid game either. It kind of reminded me, like, Andy Reid in Philly right. being frustrated, especially wanting the Chiefs to win this game. I was frustrated with him a lot of the game. Um, it kind of begs the question. I mean, like,
0: at the end of regulation, when he had a chance to oh, oh my run gosh. one more play with Thank six you. seconds yeah. left. Was, so what are you I, doing? I, like I, I put it on Twitter, like, what do you? Doing? You don't yeah. want field goal. You want to, You don't want to take one shot. I can't believe how many people argued with me on that too. That's I saw insane. that. Like <laughs> it's it's a no brainer. It's, my you know, I mean, it's, it's not, Okay, so it's not like you didn't have a timeout. Like even if, yeah, you had a out Like it's a it's a bad snap. You fall on it. You call timeout you get pressure throw it away if you get like even if you get sacked just call timeout real right. quick. like it, 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 it and by the way the play that they ran before it took four seconds so like right. like even if you run a like run a the quick same exact slam play. over the middle like right if you run a quick slant over the middle guy gets tackled time out like it's right. that's, that's not gonna take two uh, six seconds yeah so like it's, it's crazy to me that they didn't try to just win the super bowl right in that moment right I then and there
1: totally agree insane weird I, and i that's i mean they won anyway lose. so like, they ultimately didn't they're gonna lose they but, they
0: that's 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 the if the Chiefs lose, yeah Super Bowl, that's the story. Like Should've why been. didn't you why didn't you try to take one shot into the end zone?
1: Yeah. Agree. I I thought that was crazy. <laughs> I will say too, you just mentioned bad snap. I <clears throat> uh, it's pretty frustrating from an Eagles perspective that they did not get this version of the Chiefs. I mean, maybe they still lose, but like <laughs> Right. And I don't want to hear like yeah. well, the 49ers have a great defense or like it wasn't just about that. And the 49ers defense, yeah. I think you can make the case better than yeah, with the Eagles defense was being in the Super Bowl last year. Of course. But it yeah. wasn't even about that. Like the Chiefs were like, you know, MVS on that final drive is running backwards, like taking a loss. <laughs> and there's <laughs> right. that play where uh, Mahomes tosses it to uh, Pacheco and it's like a terrible toss and there's like dropped snaps left and right. Like they were so sloppy. And the Eagles didn't Pacheco get Pacheco fumbled. That didn't happen yeah. at all. Pacheco there was fumbled not a it, was, it, play. Was, it wasn't
0: much of a hit either. Like, like CJ GJ decked yeah. Isaiah right. Pacheco in that right. game. And like, no, you, know, you know, no fumble. Meanwhile, like in this game, Diamond or Lenore like barely touches the football yeah. and, it, and it pops out. So like, right. you know, like, like so the Chiefs are like perfect in the second half. Like, like, yeah, the, the Eagles' defense is bad, but they were all the Chiefs were also perfect right. in their execution. That's what I mean. In they're that crisp. Half too. And they're, it just was.
1: Uh, not it, a single It was break. not
0: that in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that was frustrating to watch. It's like, where was the sloppiness last year? Not even <laughs> like one benefit, not even one mistake. So, especially and again, wanting the Chiefs to win this year, I was like, they better not like be sloppy this year and lose after being so uh, pristine last year. Uh, yeah. So that was frustrating as well. Uh, anything else from the big game?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's of, so many different players like to touch on from the 49ers. Like, you know, Brock Purdy, That that discourse is not going to end anytime soon. Like there are people that were like, well, he proved he's not a game manager after that. He went toe to toe with Patrick no. patch. He was fine. Like he was, he didn't play, like, he played he, better he played than I thought he would. the playoffs. Yeah. He, like He played better than he did against the Packers or the lions in this game. He was fine. He was fine in this game, but there were some plays left on the field. Like the, the, that third down play before they kicked the field goal in overtime, that was there. And you know, the blame is being put. On the offensive line for giving chris jones a free run at him which certainly he had and it's not easy to make a poised throw under pressure when you have that guy bearing down on you so like you know please don't take this as a, as like you know every quarterback should make every heroic throw ever but that was there man like juan jennings was wide the hell open so was brandon Ayuk, by the way mm-hmm. and that ball he just threw it out of bounds like at least give your guy a fighting chance to make a play on it if he makes a better throw That's a touchdown probably so i mean he did not go toe-to-toe with patrick mahomes (laughs) like he played fine but you look at like the difference between the way that he played in this game and just as an example like i'm not saying like you know like you know you know the eagles would have won a super bowl whatever, whatever 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 like i'm not saying anything like like that but you look at like the way Purdy played this year and the way that Jalen Hurts played last year. No contest. No. Like there the, the, were totally different games played by those quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts I Jalen played Hurts the best, is way
1: better game of any. If you like, used all. I mean, Mahomes played it twice. Let's say like each per, performer ranking, each performance. Hurts is the top performance of those four, right? Both Mahomes. Yeah, I, would, I would say so. Yeah, and Purdy. I mean, yeah. even if you
0: go back a year, for like a year beyond that, like. Matthew Stafford played his ass off. And that. Game. Joe Burrow played well in that game. Yep. Like he already didn't play like as well as any of the quarterbacks in like the last three years. Um, I'd say like the, you know, he was like on par with like a Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> you know, like it's just kind of like what kind of quarterback he is. Like yep. he's a, he's a, an average middling that, quarterback yes.
1: yeah.
0: who had so much around him uh, both offensively and defensively. And, you know, again, like he was fine. He was fine in this game, but he, had to be great. And I just don't think that he was great in this game. And then like so many other players that are just like you know, Debo Samuel, just such a loathsome, <laughs> like hateable player. And he's got, Oh, you know, 11 targets made three catches on 11 targets, 33 yards, mm-hmm. And then there are like a bunch of other times where, like, they were, he was the first read. You could see, like, he was the first read and just was blanketed by, uh, Trent McDuffie's, by the way, it's awesome. Yeah. But like that guy is one hell of a player. Just could not shake him. And so, like, beyond the 11 targets, there were other times where the ball was probably going to go his way and didn't because he couldn't get open and kind of messed up the play. And, you know, we touched on Purdy. Uh, Trent Williams looked kind of human in that game. I don't know if you saw the play where, um, Oh man. I forget the uh Chiefs' interior defensive lineman just put him on his ass. Like it was Trent Williams on a down block, and the Chiefs D tackle just kind of turned him and then mm-hmm. boom. And then uh, you know, you have Nick Bosa, got pressure, didn't have any sacks. Jake Moody, who they spent a third round pick on, like it actually had it hit a hit a long field goal, and you know, certainly kudos to him on that. But on the PAT that would have put him up four at the end of regulation, mm. you know, near the end of regulation. Yeah. That the, the trajectory on that kick was way too low, got blocked, and only put him up three. That was big deal. Like that point really, really, really mattered. Dre Greenlaw, I don't think it's like it's not. I think discussed enough how dirty a player he is. <laughs> like last forty-one games, he's got eight unnecessary roughness penalties, two ejections, been fined four times. He's not like. Vonte's perfect <laughs> level dirty but he's like the next one of the dirtiest players thing. in the league probably the dirtiest player in the league so like he's jogging out on the field tears his Achilles and you know don't root for injuries and blah 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 but like it's karma man like you well, know it's, if yeah. there's one if there's one player that's going to happen that that, that that's going to happen to in a game
1: well also it's different it's like i think it's fair to parse that this is not like he's you know doing his job and he's playing football and he you know did something happened and he got hurt he was trying to make a tackle right. or whatever he was just kind of being out of control like he was earlier in the game after a certain play like kind of like jumping around everywhere and acting kind <laughs> yes. of like an idiot quite frankly
0: yeah and
1: jim Schwartz once said if you do dumbass things then you know eventually you're going to be labeled that way and again i'm not saying like i wanted that i'm not like i wasn't rooting directly for that to happen but like I, I don't feel like oh it was a total accident. No, he was like acting kind of like an idiot, and sure enough, he did something that got himself hurt.
0: Yeah, Christian McCaffrey uh, averaged three three point six yards per carry. He had a bad fumble that cost the Niners points. George Kittle always like hi waving, waving to the, to the sky cam. cam. No waves to the sky cam in this game. Two catches, four yards. Two for four. George Kittle, Jawan Jennings, by the way, is like awesome. Like, like, what a great number three receiver that they have there! Yeah, uh, he's a restricted free agent, he'll probably be back with them next year, but he probably would have been the MVP. Yeah, he would have won that game. All like the star players they have on that team, and that guy would have been the MVP. It's kind of crazy. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of players kind of like were, were, you know, noteworthy. A lot of their noteworthy players were, were sort of like, you know, big storylines in this game in terms of you know, kind of not showing up. And, you know, first and foremost, again, man, Debo and of course, Fletcher Cox
1: yeah. <laughs> put on
0: Twitter, you know, like he's basically, you know, rubbing it in that he has hmm. a ring and, and and Debo doesn't. And then he had uh EAD uh, yeah. in his uh-huh. Instagram story, which uh, I don't know, you can, you can, can search that on urban dictionary if you'd like, but uh,
1: we'll, we'll keep that off of here. <laughs> uh, so the last time, the I want to bring this up too. So now, you know, the 49ers I still think they're going to be one of the top teams in the NFC next year. At least like on paper, yeah. they profile. They're not like going away entirely because they still have a lot of their core intact. Although, I will say as we just saw with the Philadelphia Eagles losing the Super Bowl, takes a lot yeah. out of you. There's a there's a real kind of drain to that. And specifically with the 49ers, just when their worst season in recent history was? It was right after they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. They went 13 and 3 in 2019, made the Super Bowl, were up 10 points, as you mentioned, blew it. Next season, they're six and ten. Now there's injuries in there, but part of that I think is you might be a little bit more prone to getting hurt because you played so many snaps in the season prior. You know, you went an extra month plus into the playoffs and whatever. So guys might be tired. You're gonna have effects of injury, like Dre Greenlaw's injury now carries over. Yep. Into the 2024 season so and the 49ers for as much as they're good i think and they have a lot of there that they have some level of staying power like you said they won two playoff games where they were the worst team and they got breaks that they clearly did not get in the super bowl so that kind of evens out so uh some of that stuff might not be going their way next season when brock Purdy throws a pass and it should be an interception instead it's like a touchdown catch a couple of plays later uh so yeah i think you know they still have reason to feel Good about themselves and they can still be in the mix but uh you know this idea that they're merely just going to be back in this game i mean yeah okay good luck
0: they're returning i think something like 19 or 20 not returning but they not like 19 or 20 other starters uh are still under contract in 2024 so they should bring most of their um, pretty much all of their core back mm-hmm. but also <laughs> christian mccaffrey 417 touches this year, yep. including the playoffs 2022. He had 381 touches. So we're look, like He's basically had like 800 touches the last two seasons. And it's actually kind of amazing that he had the year he had after having 381 touches a year ago, because he was, I mean, the numbers that he put up this year were, were I mean, like, when you look at like the MVP candidates, the idea that like Brock Purdy was even one when he's clearly not even the most valuable player, or close on his own team like christian mccaffrey is way more valuable that team than brock Purdy is in my opinion uh but to go two consecutive seasons of basically 400 touches man I, that's asking a lot of that guy if you're if you're going to put that kind of workload on him or anything
1: close to that in 2024 he's a special player i think if there's someone who could handle that it might be him but and eventually you know it's gonna it's gonna catch up at some point maybe not next i mean season. there's been a
0: lot of special running backs that have had those kinds of seasons where they had that kind of workload and they just weren't
1: good anymore right you're battling history again he might be yeah. the exception and he told me he'll be 28 next season so he's not you know at 30 quite yet i think you know he still has juice in him no pun intended there the 49ers fullback but uh yeah he said it will at some point come for him and then all of a sudden uh that'll be not so great for them <clears throat> uh okay poor 49ers tough Jimmy let's take another break if you're like
0: if you're like an Eagles one one last quick thing if you're like an Eagles fan and you know obviously the the way the Eagles season ended was his like just one of the worst collapses in NFL history but uh you know if you can get past what happened to the Eagles season the way that the playoffs kind of unfolded kind of like uh You couldn't ask for like better scenarios than the way it all kind of unfolded. If you're, you know, a a rival hating Eagles fan with the Cowboys just boom, Mm -hmm. one and done. And not only one and done, but just got their asses handed to them by the Packers in the wild card round. And then the 49ers, of course, won two games. It was probably frustrating for you to watch. You know, the Packers and Lions blow those games, but it all kind of paid off in the end when they just
1: lost in such excruciating fashion. Right.
0: It's kind of enjoyable if you're an Eagles fan and you you hate those particular teams.
1: And if you really want to cope with it, you could say that, you know, the Chiefs winning another Super Bowl maybe takes the sting out of the Eagles losing from the standpoint of just like, well, like he's hard to beat. Mahomes is hard to like there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. That's not to give like Jonathan Ginn or anyone off the hook, but at some level It is just like, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's tough. It's really hard. It's really challenging. Again, not impossible. And again, Eagles could have done more worth criticizing certain things, but uh, it's really hard is the point. It's not easy. I mean, these last two Super Bowls,
0: they have to play Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of like not fair. And they won one of them, (laughs) you know?
1: Yep. That's true. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Before we take a break, why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors?
0: eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five is where you can call or text her spring is right around the corner it's when a lot of people tend to put their house up for sale so if you're looking you're just kind of poking around want to see what's out there give her a call if you are interested in just knowing like what your home might sell for she can do a market analysis that's free of charge it won't cost you anything uh Just, you know, in case you, you know, because there's a good chance, like if you bought your house in like the last five, 10 years, it is way more valuable now than it was when you bought it. So it's worth knowing, kind of uh, getting an idea of like what it'd be worth uh, on the open market. So again, call her 856-906-9295.
1: So that's the phone number right there, right? That's it. Boom. Eight, five, six, nine, oh, six, nine, two, nine, five. I do not have her on my phone, as you can see, if you were wondering. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) when I need a house, obviously, that's who I'm going to call. Okay. We will be back after this. Back here on BGN Radio. Just, you know, glossing over, I think, is the right way to say it. Because there's only so much to say about Eagles assistant coaching hires. And we don't know officially yet because the Eagles have not put out the probably all at one announcement that they'll do at some point here of who the new additions are um did you have any thoughts jimmy on the new additions because in addition to that i also want to get onto some of the people who left
0: yeah i didn't i mean i was on vacation last week so i kind of rounded them all up uh when i got back and it was i was actually playing catch i actually called you mm-hmm. if you recall i do <laughs> i was like uh they hired this guy this guy this guy and am i missing any and uh you helped me out with that but yeah the uh, quarterbacks coach doug nussmeyer i think some people kind of um predicted that early on like as soon as they hired Moore. yeah he was the quarterbacks coach in dallas when kellen moore was the offensive coordinator there and then he followed more to la with the chargers and now he follows more again uh to philadelphia i don't really have much to say about him um I yep, mean, he, he has coached a lot of experience. one time. With yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a lifer as a quarterbacks coach. It was a fourth round pick, I think, uh, in the NFL back in the day. Um, didn't quite make it uh, in the NFL, but has experience like um, both a quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator uh, in the CFL, Canadian Football League. Uh, you know, a bunch of major college programs. And then with, I think, um, I think just the Cowboys and Chargers uh, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry, in the Rams. Uh, once upon a time, before the Sam Bradford era, right? But yeah, he's a guy that uh, you know he overlapped a little bit with uh, Jeff Stoutland in uh, at Alabama, uh, just for one year. They actually won the national championship uh, the one year that those two guys were there mm-hmm. uh, in 2012. So that's you know mildly interesting. Clint Hurt, I think we covered in the last podcast. I think they had already uh, reportedly hired him. I don't think we need to get to him again, but he's defensive line. On Nussmeyer real um, quick,
1: I'll say that. I don't necessarily know that or think that there was an issue with uh, Brian Johnson and Alex Taney and their communication, but there did clearly seem to be some kind of disconnect at some level between Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts. So if you're trying to put an optimistic spin on this, you're bringing in Kellen Moore and a guy who, you know, he's worked with before. Maybe that kind of is more cohesive. I don't know. Yeah. Christian Parker, uh, role not known but
0: um young guy, 32, probably gonna be the the defensive backs coach, which is of course an important uh a, an important coaching job for the Eagles, seeing as they were horrible mm. in their defensive backfield uh at points during the season last year. But coached um uh defensive backs in Denver the last three years. I don't know how much credit you give him for Patrick Sertan and for um uh their Justin safety Simmons. man Justin Simmons, man. I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. A couple all pro players. They'd probably be good under anyone, (laughs) but, uh, you know, he, he, of course, uh, has sort of, um, a, he, he coached for one year under Vic Fangio Mm -hmm. before Fangio was fired as the Broncos, uh, head coach. So there's some familiarity there. Bobby King, again, role not known, but probably maybe linebackers, Mm -hmm. um, as in off ball linebackers that is. So that was Tim McManus reported that formerly with the you know Tennessee Titans. Um, interestingly, I don't know how much you make of this, but he coached Zach Cunningham at two different places. Yeah, and Howie Roseman went out of his way like was not asked a question, even like, he was asked like, a question the defensive about the defensive line. line. <laughs> and then he went off on a tangent on the, on like, you know, they don't think they undervalue linebackers or they value them appropriately or whatever. And they love Nekobi Dean. <laughs> yeah. And then he went out of his way to even bring Zach Cunningham into right. it and say, Zach Cunningham had a great year, blah, 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 blah. blah. I was like, uh, does that mean that you're rolling with Nicobe Dean and Zach Cunningham again in 2024? Is like that, is that the plan? So, you know, I don't think you hire a coach because he coached one of, the players that may or may not be back at two different places but it is just kind of interesting that there is that overlap there it's weird so, that
1: it's two different uh, teams you know it's not just like oh he coached him at one <laughs> right. spot he's literally coached him yeah the past whatever five four years
0: yeah weird so i don't know we'll see and then joe casper um who coached safeties for uh the dolphins last year under fangio fangio brings him along with them uh to once again coach safeties for the Eagles, so and, and that's what we have, and then outgoing, Philly. you can
1: handle the outgoing guys. Yeah, he was, Casper was in Philly, too, before going to Miami. Um, oh, right, yeah,
0: he was a quality control guy, I think, yeah, right? So a return
1: yeah. for him. Um, yeah, I, on Justin Simmons, by the way, just real quick, I believe the Broncos can kind of cut or trade him to save a lot of cap space, so I just think that's okay. worth monitoring. I know he's a good player, and I don't know if they want to get rid of him, but right. with the contract kind of like being like, okay, is he going to be there or not, I wonder if that might be a cap casualty, and if they'll if they want to get younger or if they have a different vision, I don't know. But I would, and also CJ D J is a free agent, and we know that Sean Payton loves CJ D J. <laughs> so you know, just something to keep an eye on with Justin Simmons. I think Vic Fangio certainly would love to have him uh, in Philly, and also is a, like there was the article I think from, the, it was from the Inquirer. I forget who wrote it, but um, Justin Simmons had a lot of nice things to say about Vic Fangio. Uh, okay. Anyway, on the outgoing, we have it's it's just interesting to me that some of these guys. Um, where they landed, like uh Marcus Brady, offensive senior offensive consultant, ends up getting a pass game coordinator title with Jim Harbaugh on the Chargers mm-hmm. there. Uh more notably, you have Alex Taney, the former Eagles quarterback coach, now a pass game specialist kind of guy for Shane Steichen and reuniting with him in Indy, and then Roy Istvan, who was the Eagles Off assistant offensive line coach thing dating back to like twenty nineteen, certainly when Doug was been there a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty close to Stoutland as I understand it. Yeah, I think well he used to play or yeah, he used to play for Stoutland at one point and then they were on the coaching staff together. Uh so kind of a little interesting there that that would kind of not be intact because he didn't leave Cleveland for like a bigger role, at least in title. I think right, yeah. It was
0: kind of a lateral move. Yeah. So
1: I don't I mean, again, I've said and maybe just more money well i've also deferred to i think it's probably his contract was up i'm guessing as opposed to they fired him mm-hmm. i don't know that for sure i you know i have noted here it's not like the run game was perfect last year and it's not like you're gonna fire jeff stoutland but i wonder if that was kind of maybe something that was made for him to do it's like okay you know we're not gonna fire you obviously but we kind of want a different kind of i maybe someone new in here some new ideas mm-hmm. not just someone that you're attached to the hip with so we'll see what they kind of do there um is it tj pagnetti Who's been like he's been an offensive assistant line coach in the past for the Eagles, or he's had kind of had that. Was he gone? I didn't know that. No, I'm saying like maybe they'll promote him um, internally. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, see. I thought you were moving
0: on to the next guy. No.
1: Now going on to the, yeah, the departures also. Well, the most notable one, which I was saving for last year, is Brian Johnson, who will be the Mm -hmm. commanders. They haven't, I haven't seen an official title for him. I saw something about passing game specialist, but I wonder also if he might get the QB coach title there. Uh, Obviously, Brian Johnson interviewed for multiple head coach jobs, multiple offensive coordinator jobs. I think. I mean, I don't. I love. I don't love other things about the commander staff, really. But I, I think it's inarguable that Brian. I think it's a good
0: move for them. Yeah, has
1: done well as working with quarterbacks specifically. Again, going back to his college track record, which I've talked about before, and with Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts had a great season with him as his quarterbacks coach. So that kind of worries and they're,
0: me they're taking a quarterback number two overall so indeed, or, I, or even they move up or whatever maybe they, brian they're jo- drafting a quarterback and yes. the, the, like they need people somebody to develop them
1: right and maybe brian johnson isn't a good offensive coordinator there's evidence to suggest that for sure but i mean i think there's yep. also evidence to say he's a, a pretty good above average quarterbacks coach and i from an Eagles perspective i kind of worry about the you know the commanders getting a good quarterbacks coach out to pair with a good young quarterback
0: on uh tj paganetti uh back in the chip days he's been there a long that guy's been there a long time in the chip days the first training camp that they ever have you know all the music that they had like was all like now there's music during every practice every you know every year every day whatever like that's just common but it wasn't when chip first got there and i i found out that he was the one that picked the music Mm. and i wanted to interview him about the music choices and they were like, no, like, what? what, why not? They're just like, no. I was like, really? I, I can't interview him about, about the music that he picks. And they're like, absolutely not. So that was, was, was always very weird to me that they wouldn't let me talk to mm. him about the music choices for practice, but whatever.
1: Do you think it was, it wasn't just him not wanting to talk to you, right? They didn't like, it could
0: have, it could have been maybe just him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just like
1: F that guy. I don't want but to but to
0: no because no because when i asked they were just like immediately like no okay like they didn't like go to him right and, and ask him like hey would this guy wants to ask you right. about your music choices for practice
1: they, they were just immediately like uh-uh yeah. nope <laughs> that's silly i mean i get i think the users are sensitive obviously to like non they're sensitive about who talks to the media it's not like yeah cowboys well
0: i've asked multiple times to talk to their equipment guy too uh-huh like who you know gives out numbers and Greg, you know helmet right? styles, yeah. Uh, uh, D. D. I,
1: I don't want to butcher his last
0: name. Greg D. Yeah, Greg D. I've asked uh, to talk to him a couple times too, and they've they've always shot that down. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, could be cool, Eagles, and also you're not really giving away state secrets here, you know. Right. Not like whatever. Well, on anyway. that one,
0: the, the re- on that one, the response one time was, yeah, other other reporters in other cities have done that kind of story before. Like, so what? So like, it hasn't been done here. I don't care. Right. Like, what does that matter? What are you, what are you my editor now? <laughs> like, what are you, like, what are you deciding? Like, what, what, what makes for good content? Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't even, first of all, I never even read one of those before. But even mm-hmm. like, even if I, like, I probably wouldn't have the same kind of questions, whatever, like that somebody else did with it.
1: Right. That's not a good, it's not a good reason.
0: I mean, you could you could do that with
1: a lot of different things. Well, I mean, this person did Kyle and spoke after the Super Bowl, so I guess, you know, another coach doesn't need to speak. That's a stretch. Anyway, you get the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, Jimmy. Any final thoughts for you here as we wrap up?
0: Um Hmm. I hadn't really given the final thoughts.
1: A final thought. thought? But I'm uh, gonna have uh
0: my stay or go series uh over the next few weeks. Yeah. We should probably do a stay-go podcast we will um yeah so look for that coming up uh Mm. and then i just got back from cabo which uh i recommend it's you know
1: yeah like you know
0: how like you hear that you know how you hear the phrase all the time like uh uh like when a team loses in the playoffs or like when a team is like three and 12 and they have like a game or two to go and they're like oh they just got their minds on cabo i've never been to cabo and now i've see what people are talking now about you understand when why they have sees, their minds it, up. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: right now i understand why people want to go there when their season is over so i kind of get it so yeah i recommend cabo if you if you're thinking about going
1: there. i know you're excited for the brazil news these are going to brazil in week one yeah. friday night game how do you like what i know you're excited about that personally because you're going to be yeah. going to brazil well, on the company dime but how do you feel about that move for the Eagles and I guess the fans? Like, what's your well? Take on it that?
0: screws them because it, they lose a home game, <laughs> like, so that's not great for them. Uh, and I guess there's—I don't know if there's a, an advantage to playing the first game early, like on a Friday instead of a Sunday. Like in theory, you get a couple extra mm-hmm. games rest for the for the week two game, but yeah, there's also so a lot of travel involved. That flight, so the, I don't know if there even is. The, I mean, the Eagles will have a nonstop flight, but I don't even know if there even like commercially, I don't know if there is a nonstop from Philly to Sao Paulo, but if there is, it's like so. 10 hours and, and you know, if there is a layover, it's probably in like Charlotte or Atlanta or whatever. And then you can tack on, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, another at least three or four hours minimum with, uh, you know, just the time spent in the airport and landing and taking off again or whatever. It's like, going to be like a 14 hour flight. And then from like door to door, like leaving your house to the airport and then getting to your hotel once you land in Sao Paulo, you're talking about. It's like a 19 hour day mm-hmm. <laughs> traveling so, somewhere in that ballpark. So like once I started thinking more about that, I was like, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't sound great. And then like shortly thereafter, another announcement came out that there's going to be a game in Madrid in 2025 and i'm like oh man that sounds way better than sao paulo <laughs> but uh wow. but anyway sao paulo so big there gonna...
1: many brazilian <laughs> listeners no we do i mean i'm not even kidding we uh, i don't know if you've noticed this like a lot of people on twitter tagged us after that announcement and we're like yeah if you guys come down to brazil like you know yeah. well, drinks aren't us i so i would like to get there i don't know if i'm going to be able to make it um i would like to go it would be and i will say uh i get the downside for people who want to go to an eagles and are paying for an Eagles team in philly losing that i get that um i acknowledge that but if the eagles were going to play in some international market just based on my anecdotal interactions like that on twitter plus having looked at like web traffic numbers and podcast down numbers over the course of doing this for 11 years now there is a decent size a lot comes in for
0: brazil especially
1: relative to other countries in brazil so I, I actually that my, that was my first reaction when I saw the news other than having to write it up for bleedingyournation.com my reaction from like to, to, for people was I was really happy for the people who uh, have interacted with us over the years on Twitter and like are just you know like just can't even believe it like people I think Eagles fans you live in brazil are just like their minds are blown that this is actually happening so i'm I'm incredibly happy for those people because i think that's really awesome for them that they're going to be able to see a game uh in their home country or or nearby or their home continent depending where they're coming from so i'm really uh i'm happy for them that's my like that's my big take is i'm happy for those people
0: yeah i was wondering why it wasn't in rio instead of sao paulo sao paulo like and i looked it up sao paulo's got like 12 million people <laughs> so like it's uh it's a pretty humongous city and then rio's got like seven uh million mm-hmm. but whatever uh when when the news first came out i was like boom nice going to brazil and i like i tweeted so like basically like the equivalent of you know winning a trip on the prices right <laughs> i wasn't thinking about going to brazil or anything like that i was just you know minding my own business yeah. i had no like so like there were you know like a, a few germany games a couple uh uh you know london games and no, the eagles weren't going to be involved in any of them so i had written off the possibility of you know them going anywhere i knew the brazil game still existed but i was pretty sure that it was going to be the dolphins playing in that because you know, the, like the NFL has like pairs teams with countries mm-hmm. and they're allowed to market to those countries. Yeah. So, for example, the Eagles have Australia, Ghana, and I think maybe New Zealand. I'm not sure. And the only team affiliated with Brazil is the Dolphins. And then if you look at like past Germany games and past uh, England games, it's always teams that have like the or it's, more recently, it's it's been like the teams that have like the marketing connection with those countries right so there's there's you know historical precedent with that so I was certain dolphins are going to be playing there and the eagles don't play the dolphins in 2024 so i had written off any possibility the eagles going anywhere and then boom eagles playing in brazil <laughs> i'm like yes <laughs> holy crap this is amazing but yeah but as far as the eagles go you know not great for them to be losing <laughs> to be losing a home game and i also wonder like are the are the fans like that have season tickets like i wonder if they're they're gonna be screwed over in some way where they're paying extra like they're paying the same amount for the season tickets that they normally would be but but they get one fewer i don't know how that's all gonna work people are gonna be really mad like you can get away with that after you know going to the super bowl or something like that you can't get away with that after the season that they just had so it'll be interesting to see how like all that kind of unfolds
1: also interesting to see when their actual home opener will be like they're actually in philly home opener. yeah or Lincoln financial field home opener because, and cause I don't know, it's just like, you know, normally it's what it's somewhere between week one and week three. It could be week three in theory, if you're playing two on the road to start yeah. the season, but also like, what's the juice level for that? Could it be even, well, what it could be like in theory, it could be week four because they could play at home in week one and then have two straight right, road games. Right. And at that point, like what's the record, you know what I mean? It's like, what's the energy like for the <laughs> yeah. home opener. So yeah. that's definitely a little, Weird. uh Who do you think they play? So here are the the Eagles' home opponents in twenty twenty four. I'm going to assume they're not playing an NFC East game. I'll, I'll say so I'll say
0: yes, no, or maybe for each one as you go through. We're just going to rule out the NFC East because that's probably not yeah gonna yeah happen.
1: not going to be Dallas, not going to be Washington, not yeah. going to be the Giants. So here are the so then six possible opponents um, that they would be playing, and I think one of these teams has another international game. So it's probably not going to be them. I think that's I forget who that is, but it's one of them. Uh, might be the Jags. Uh, let's start with the Jags. No, because I think you're right. I think Great. they play in London every year. So, yeah, probably not that. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I could see that. Especially because, like you just said, you might be getting, like, the connecting flight from... Like, that's one of the closer spots to Brazil, I would think. Yeah. Uh, mm. Carolina Panthers? Uh, I think they suck too bad. Mm.
0: Cleveland Browns. Not Brown. the Falcons are good either, but... Cleveland Browns, but was it... yeah, I could absolutely see that. Sure, Jim
1: Schwartz versus good team, Nick Sirianni, and I mean, it's just it's a team that went to the playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, Pittsburgh's, uh, how does Deshaun Watson factor into that? It's like international marketing. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, that seems like no to me. That seems like a no to me, too. I just I don't know why, but I just feel like they want that Steelers game. Maybe Eagles especially pushing to keep it in Philly, knowing that right. you, know, you get other people coming from Pittsburgh. I don't know. Packers. Oh yeah, maybe. And then you already said Jags. No. So the strongest ones. what's go on the record. I'm going to say they play the Falcons.
0: I'm going to go Browns.
1: OK, boom. We're on the record. All right. I guess that's kind of my final thought, uh, other than, again, uh, there's a link to the Bleeding Your Nation YouTube channel in the episode description that you are listening to this podcast on, whatever podcast app. So make sure you check that out and subscribe so you can see the video episode. You can see me holding up the wrong crowd beer company. Orange seltzer can, which was delicious. Five percent by the way on the alcohol on that. So like a little bit more than some yeah, of the so like
0: a beer. Yeah.
1: Some of those uh, other seltzers are like four, four and a half. So a little mm-hmm. bit stronger, which is which is fun. Uh drink responsibly. Uh also check out the episode description for all of our sponsor information, including Right to Selling Craft Jerky as well, right to sellin.com, discount code BGN fifteen, and Kristen Roach of Roach realtors So uh we appreciate you supporting them. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back within a week or so talk about more eagle stuff going on uh as jimmy said he has the say or go series going on at phillyvoice.com i also have my own series similar i was i think i frame it each year i don't think i know i frame it each year as like what the eagle should do at this position to kind of talk about a review and then okay. the outlook for the next year and then i add the poll i add the poll like i think you do too for mm-hmm. listeners to vote on then tabulate those for <laughs> each player. do you do that yeah i do that yeah okay it's fun to have at the end of the year i I was thinking about like some of the the lowest possible stays, like the most strong goes in recent history. Uh-huh. For some reason, the one that popped into my mind right away was Nicole Roby Coleman <laughs> getting like <the laughs> go, which understandable. Uh, <clears throat> okay, um, that's been BGN Radio. This has been BGN Radio. We appreciate you. Rocking with us as always, and we will talk to you. Hold on, hold well, on.
0: I, I'm pulling up 2022. Now that we're okay. on it,
1: well, Jimmy is doing that. The, I'm going to say results. Uh, you can follow us on social media on stuff too in the episode description. Our handles are there, and my work at bleedingyournation.com, dot Jimmy work KMC's work at phillyvoice.com. dot Jimmy has the poll. I results. went too far
0: back. I went. I went back two years. The bottom five were Aaron Sipas, hmm. JJ Arthago Whiteside, Jannard Avery. Derek Barnett, Ryan Kerrigan.
1: Nice. <laughs> and they brought Sipas back, and it cost them. By the way, here's a little <laughs> – this right. is an extremely in the weeds thing. I already know I closed the show. I don't know if you saw this. The Steelers cut, in addition to Mitch Trubisky, which doesn't matter for the sake of what I'm about to say, Presley Harvin, who is their punter, that okay. they kept yeah. over Braden Mann. So right. nice little – as much as I have <laughs> yeah. criticized Howie in the past for – uh you know devaluing punter too much kind of like the same conceptual thing i've said at linebacker where like you have to meet a threshold you can't ignore this to the point where it doesn't matter at all you don't have to you know make it your identity your focus your priority but you have to like address it more than not at all and right he certainly did a great job with braided man that was a real like i think braided man was was it, very it good, really good
0: season. it was eight, eighth in punter epa yeah
1: he, and like the eye test like he just he was good he was a very good if they if they have Brady man instead of aaron sabas last year maybe they win the super bowl like that would have been <laughs> maybe not but like that would have certainly would have helped it certainly would have given them a better chance so anyway right uh shout out to Brady man and shout out to howie for getting the punter situation right and kind of getting one over ultimately on the Steelers. so boom okay this is the end goodbye goodbye everybody
0: P-G-N